Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to this week's Fail Critics Podcast. I'm Steve Norman, joined by Owen Hughes. Hello. Mike Shawcross. Hello. And Andrew Brooker. Hello. As we look through the last week in the film at anything that has tried to make any kind of impression on us since Age of Ultron was released. Yeah, because there's been fuck all out. A flood of great films. No one's one's competing with it, are they? No. No. I didn't see the point. Exactly, exactly. Um, but it's, yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about it, of course, in the news a little bit later. But, yeah, nothing has come out here. And in America, it's even worse because it's been released this past weekend in the US. So that's, um, there's nothing scheduled, really. Nothing now until next week when Mad Max comes out, 14th. Yeah, Mad Max is next yeah. on the 14th, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that's it now. There's nothing apart from low-budget indie films and... Try hard horrors. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, straight away into the quiz. I think last week I won and clawed it back to one all. Yes, one all. Um, but yeah, so this, this week it's you versus uh, Brooker and Mike. And I'm going to, as always, read out a list of uh, an actor's filmography. You've got to try and work out who it is. Who it is, rather. So uh, I'm going to start in... You'll, you won't guess it from this, but as soon as I saw it on their, their page, their IMDb page, I thought I've got to include this. They have in a film called Bent, and they play a stormtrooper. <sighs> exactly. So moving on. <laughs> <laughs> also in 1997, they were in Gattaca, which I watched quite recently, actually. It was really good. Brooker. Yeah. Uh, Ethan Hawke. It's not Ethan Hawke, no. Mike. Yeah. Xander Berkeley. It isn't, no. You gonna have a guess, Steve? Nope. Nope, okay. Nope, not even gonna bother. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna go in uh, chronological order, sorry Steve. So, because it would just be too easy if I start listing them now. Uh, so, in 2002, they were in Road to Perdition. Nope. This is going oh. well, isn't it? It's going very well. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> uh, in... Ooh, what should I go for next? Okay, in 2001, they were in AI Artificial Intelligence. Uh. Never... Go on, have a guess, Steve. Who was it? Who were you going to say? No, never mind. <laughs> oh, no. <man>. Okay. In... <laughs> Okay, I'll start making it a bit easier then, I guess. In uh, 1999, 
They were in existence. Brooker. Yeah. Jude Law. It's Jude Law. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna go, well, see if I read in order, I'd end up having to talk about the talented Mr. Ripley, which he's quite well known for and stuff, and I thought, well, I'll try and mix it up, but no, perhaps I should have just gone in order. So, yeah, well done, Brooker. Congratulations. It's now 2-1 to the guests. And Steve is just one loss away from watching Kill Keith again. Oh, no. Oh, you man. poor, poor bastard. <laughs> if you actually do that, that's just... Um, yeah, I'm not going to do that, no. Oh, man. I've got to find something worse than Kill Keith for you to watch, though. I can give you a few. No way. <laughs> I don't think you can. Oh. Have you seen Kill Keith? There's a couple of horror films I've seen that are probably worse. You reckon? I, I, I don't think there is. <laughs> okay. Have <laughs> a butcher yeah. that silly clown thing with Ross Noble in. Oh, Stitches. Yeah. Stitches. That's not that yeah. bad. Yeah, it's that's cool. It's better than Kill <laughs> Keith, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> that's not difficult, though. No. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, into the news, and biggest news is that Age of Ultron um, has done fantastically well at the box office, and I think it's only been beaten by the original Avengers film. Yeah, over $187 million it's taken in its opening weekend in the US. Jesus. That's, you know, astonishing. It's not quite the level that perhaps some people thought it might. And I think if it had a better reception overseas, because, of the you know, the reviews have been mostly good. Pretty mostly mixed, haven't they? Yeah, but they've been sort of, you know, 75%, uh, you know, sort of 7, 8 out of 10 kind of film, when everyone thought it was going to yeah. be a full-on, you know, as, no, as no, popular as the original. I don't think anyone said it's bad, but a lot of people said it was just average or good and not great. Uh, I don't think it's good at all, but yeah, bad is a, well no, it's kind of bad, it is kind of bad, but it's um, not, it's not, it's not so bad that it's unwatchable and not enjoyable. Oh no, no, no it's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's a bad it's film. It's a bit crap. It is a bit it's crap. A bit, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I don't even think it's crap, I think it's just disappointing. Oh, it is yeah. compared, dis- com- compared to some of the other stuff they put out, and this is just a bit underwhelming in comparison. Well, it's underwhelming in comparison to the previous Marvel films, even. If you think Winter Soldier and Guardians of the oh. Galaxy are the ones that came before I, it, you know. I think that's, that was my biggest problem on the night that I watched Avengers and Winter Soldier, right before it, and it was, it was just really let down by the mm. Ultron. Yeah. I just thought it wasn't even in the same league. Well, it missed someone like Loki. And I did, I thought James Spader did a very good role, but yeah. I think you made the point as well, didn't you, Steve? Or it might not have made it onto the podcast last week about, um, Ultron. Cause you did, yeah. you weren't a fan of him, were you? No, I thought, you know, James Spader played him well, but I thought the character just wasn't, didn't feel like enough of a threat. It was like, turn up at the yeah. Avengers mansion, runs off, meet him in Africa, kind of beaten, and then one big final battle where he's beaten. Mm. And and that was and that was it. It was very formulaic in the way he was dealt with. Mm. But you never felt like dangerous. You you know the Avengers are going to win. I mean, maybe in Infinity War it'd be different because it's split over two films. So at the end of the first one, there probably won't be a win. If that makes sense. 
Yeah, there is sort but, sort of a loss in Avengers Age of Ultron, but it's you know we're verging into spoiler territory, talking too much yeah, about it. But 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 you but you you pretty much know this isn't really a spoiler. The Avengers are going to win. <laughs> there might there, there might be you know something happen to one or two or three or none of them during the film that means it is a bad thing in general. But overall, you know the Avengers will win. So yeah. you got to do quite well to make the bad guy seem threatening and dangerous. And they managed to do that with Loki in the first one. They didn't really in this one. Yeah, but... Um... I think in fairness, though, with Loki in the first one, you had a film before it where you could build his character up first. So when you got to Avengers, he was just there. You didn't need to explain who he was. You didn't need to talk him up or give him any of his backstory. He was just... He was already there and part of the part of the law already wasn't he exactly exactly but yeah so i mean it's definitely uh winning at the box office though avengers age of ultron Forty-four thousand dollars per screen as an average apparently according to callum's recent uh box office u.s box office report on the website although it's still got some way to go to catch up to furious 7 which is up <laughs> to 1.4 billion dollars worldwide now the fourth highest grossing film worldwide of all time. That's what he said on the article. And no film with the number seven in it should be up there, really, should it? I don't know. Unless it's seven. Fast and Furious 7. <laughs> Listen, no, no sixth sequel should be that higher grossing. No. How many, They've how all many gone up, haven't you? they? They've all in, increased yeah. since number three. Mm. Yeah. Plus the fact you've got the Paul Walker... Effects. I was well about to say one. exactly that. Yeah, they've got the Paul Walker effect there, which is you know it's a shame to sort of debase the film in that way and say it's about the fact that the, one of the main guys in it is dead. But there is, I think you have to take that into account a little bit with this film. Yeah, I still think it would have hit a billion. I mean, six took nearly eight hundred. I uh, it it probably would have done six to to eight hundred. Yeah, definitely. No, I think... well, six took eight hundred on its own, so seven was going to bypass that because you're throwing Jason in as well, so you, you're mm. adding to the cast. You've got a massive fan base for Steven. You do, but I mean, his films don't always gross a lot anyway on their own. Um, True, but you know, so yeah, the box office at the moment though is still dominated by blockbusters. We are well and truly into blockbuster season now with those two. And Mad Max coming out next week will probably continue that trend. Here's a hoping. I it, hope so. Uh, it looks, it does look very good. I it hope tracks. it's going to be, yeah, I hope it's going to be good. I really I do. like the fact that it's a, it's not a continuation and it is a reboot. Well, yeah, I mean, just a slight tangent now. Have we all seen the original Mad Max? Yes. Yeah. Do we like it? Because I, I'm not, oh, I don't really enjoy the first one. I, I adore it. I think it's spectacular. <laughs> right, okay. I think it's really good. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know. I've never really enjoyed it, but I've heard that the Road Warrior is that the second one is much better. So two's good as well. Yeah, three's the worst yeah. of the three. Three's the worst. Three, okay. Three's yeah. terrible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd say two is probably the best one. The, the thing with one because it's 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 like ninety percent build up. Yes. Whereas two pretty much jump straight into it. Okay. But it keeps the quality up for the majority of the film. It's very good. But yeah, the best of the three. Okay. Do we know anything and about the plot yet for 
for this. The not, new one, sorry, Fury Road. No, it's quite... I, I've not read anything. That's mm. good to stay away from it, actually. Because pl- I, I, I love the fact the trailer has kept out any plot details. It's just a proper old-school trailer, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Showing you some fantastic images and enticing you in by by that rather than like showing you absolutely every single detail of the plot, which is fantastic. That's how a trailer should be. Correct. Oh, yeah, anyway, not, anyway not sorry, Steve. <laughs> anyway, anyway, staying with Marvel briefly, Martin Freeman from The Office and The Hobbit, among other things, has been cast in Captain America Civil War in a as-of-yet unnamed role. Yeah, I mean, it could be named by the time this podcast comes out, because this is only something I saw on Twitter about an hour and a half ago. But he, yeah, it's he's confirmed, because he's, he's going to be in Civil War. Uh, he's got no name. He's got no name, which suggests he's no. either going to be someone big and important, or uh, like a villain, I guess. Or someone who's going to be obvious to the plot of Civil War. I can't see him being a villain. He well, could Black be a... named. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would the outrage that would ensue if that happened. Does Doctor Strange have a sidekick? That would be genius. <laughs> oh man, him and Benedict Cumberbatch in a Marvel film would just be whew, incredible. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I. I don't know. I think he's probably going to be some sort of senator or someone who um, has a part in the bureaucratic process of getting the, you know, the, the... Do we know the plot of Civil War? Is it too much of a spoiler if I start talking about the comics? I mean, I'll, I'll keep it very simple. I'll keep it very light. He's probably going to be a government senator of some kind, I imagine. Yeah. Or Captain Britain. But I can't really see him playing a superhero, to be honest. It's all very X-Men, isn't it? X-Men 2. X-Men 2, yeah, yeah, it is actually. all the superhuman activity from the... Yeah, no, that's a very good point, yeah. Because X-Men 2 was all about the... uh, It wasn't a registration act as such, was it? It was just making sure all the uh, people with mutant abilities were catalogued, I think. Is that right? With Stryker, yeah. as the bad guy. But yeah, so Civil War's plot is similar, but it goes, it's, as you can probably tell from the name, it's about two heroes who clash and then they sort of form factions. So it's a bit more of an infighting thing than the next men. But, um, that, oh, sorry, carry on, this is the right way to, to take the, the Marvel films. Well, they need to do something because Avengers Age of Ultron was so middling and just a setup film. It really lost focus. I think Joss Whedon even came out and said himself, didn't he, that he was being forced to put in bits of storyline to Avengers Age of Ultron that would set things up in the future and ended up cutting out a lot of the story he wanted to tell, which is kind of obvious from the final product. Um, but as far as the direction of the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe goes in from here, uh, yeah, they've got to do something because they've got to shake it up a bit now. We've had this film, which is just the Avengers fighting a big bad evil villain, and that's fine. If it if it was better, it would be it. You know, I would have liked it more. But they've got to do something to shake things up, and I think a civil war that perhaps brings in different types of Avengers, uh, different groups would. Yeah, I think it'd have a kind of radical effect on how the rest of Phase Three pans out. So 
Okay. Hmm. Staying with superhero movies, we have our first look at uh, DC's Suicide Squad. Yeah, we've had a look at the um, images of, well, them all in like a lineup. And uh, yeah, well, Brooker, you like David Ayer, don't you? Have you got high I hopes do. for? Have you got high hopes for Suicide Squad? I have. I, I really have. The, the thing, because he, the kind of films he makes usually, he's he's quite good at getting like the the dark edge of things come out. And for him to have like the anti heroes film, I think is going to be really interesting. I think what's really telling, and no one seems to have mentioned it in the was it the photos came out this morning, yeah, or, or yesterday. No yes, one seems to have mentioned it. That the, the it says that it's the photo of what Task Force X, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Which is the Suicide Squad, but they're missing the Joker, which Jeff, uh, wasn't which there, Jesse's was probably the main bad guy or a bad guy. I would have thought he'd be the main bad guy. Yeah, it's probably so, you know they're going to go down the storyline of he's just too anarchic for them to, to keep in their squad. Yeah. That's probably my assumption. Which, yeah, which I would go with, considering the pictures of Jared Leto that we've seen. Looks mm. pretty maniacal, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And which, it, the image of Jared Leto as the Joker it's, it itself has been quite controversial, because people have been... I mean, I don't know what your guys' Twitter feed was like the day that came out. Oh, it's mine ridiculous. Was just, yeah, ridiculous. People going completely over the top about how shit it looked and, oh, he shouldn't have tattoos and, oh, just get a I grip. I thought it looked great. Yeah, I thought it looked quite I good. I thought it looked great. I really... I think the thing is, because you've got to, because you had the issue, didn't you, when Heath Ledger was, was cast as the Joker and everyone said, oh, you know, you can't do that. It's going to be, you, you can't beat Jack Nicholson. And yet, then Heath Ledger went and made it his own. I think David Ayer and, and Leto and Warner Brothers have gone and done what they needed to do is make it nowhere near anything like a Joker we've seen on screen before. Yeah, and, and think, that's you know, that's hopefully what they'll, they'll do. From everybody else. But the, the rest of the cast looks pretty pretty good. I'm uh, quite excited by Will Smith as Deadshot. I don't know how that's going to work out at all. I just... well, well, he's he's writing the theme song. <laughs> he's going to rap. <laughs> he's going to dance yeah. with him. <laughs> Uh, but Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn has been very popular, very well received. Yeah, because there was a few extra images appear. Well, I, I don't know when they came up, but I saw them about an hour ago. And yeah, there's a lot of... She turns up in those pictures a lot. Mm. They're very popular pictures. Yeah, but it could also be typical internet sort of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> blokes wanking over a picture of Margot Robbie. Okay, I've said it. It's out there. There you go. Yeah. That's I part of What the... impresses me, actually, is... Uh... And I don't know how to pronounce his name, uh, Adewale, however you pronounce his oh, name. Oh, yeah, it's Killer Croc. Yeah. He's playing Killer Croc. And that picture of Killer Croc, he looks fantastic. Because yeah. you could really fuck that up quite badly mm. and make your film a complete joke. But he looks spectacular. I know. It seems a bit odd to say it, considering what the film's about. But that's the one that could have made it quite cartoonish. And yeah. it looks like they've just he about looked, avoided He looks pretty scary as well. He does. I, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I, I reckon, this is just me putting this out there now, before the film's even sort of finished production, but Jay Courtney as Captain Boomerang, I think, will do really well. And I keep singing his praises every single time that he's in a film and think, you know, this is going to be the one that he does it, you know, he's going to be brilliant and broken, and then he was all right, and then it's going to be, oh, he's going to, he's going to absolutely nail... Captain Boomerang, and we will see what happens. The most... Robocop in it as well. 
I'm sure I saw pictures. Yeah. Of guys oh yeah, Joel well. Kinnaman. Joel Kinnaman. Yeah. Because he was that was Rick Flagg was originally going to be Tom Hardy, wasn't it? I didn't make that yeah. up. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be weird. I think the problem he's going to have is everyone's going to keep comparing him to what Tom Hardy would have done. Did Which... Hardy drop out because he's got three Mad Max films? And he's playing two Cray Twins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's out this year, isn't it? That's out at the end of the year. Yeah. Is, yeah. But Joel Kinnaman was pretty good in Rob. Well, I say pretty good. He, you know, he he's did okay. well enough in, Rob- in Robocop. Yeah. So I'm not worried about that. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's all for the news. After this break, we'll have what we've been watching. <laughs> Time for what we've been watching, where we look back at the films we've seen in the last week that aren't new releases. And Mike, you're going to start us off with this section. Okay. Um, I watched Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which I've not seen for a while, um, with the fantastic Yoon Fat Cho, Michelle Yeoh, and Zia Zhang. And the more I watch it, the more I think it's just a marvellous film. I think the choreography for the fight sequences is just sublime. The um, Michelle Yeoh and Zia Zhang fights are brilliant, both of them. Just worth watching for those two fights alone. A lot of people don't seem to get around the flying bits, <laughs> but it's, it's one of those, isn't it? It's a fantasy film, and you just got to go with it. So, yeah, really enjoyed watching that again. It's been a while, so... It, yeah, it is a very good film. I think um, it was one of those as well that suddenly propelled Ang Lee into the limelight, didn't it? It was already very popular, of yeah. course, because you wouldn't get a film like Crouching Tiger without already having some fan base. But this is the one that kind of launched him into being a household name. Yes, and they, the sequel's out next year, isn't it? It is, and it's... Uh, it might, be, might be this year, I think. It's the... Um, Netflix's first film, their first feature film. Because they've done TV series now, they've done a, lot, a few TV shows, you know, reviving old ones like Arrested Development and making brand new ones. So this is their first foray into the film market, which I'm quite excited about. Yeah, I must admit, I am. So Donnie Yen's in it as well, so exactly. anything with Donnie Yen's in is worth watching. <laughs> yes. No Cho Young Fat, but... Donnie Yen's in, fantastic. I think they've got yeah. uh, Michelle Yeoh back. Michelle Yeoh's well. back, yes. Yeah. And um, Jason Scott Lee's in there as well. He is, yeah, I remember reading that. Yeah, fantastic. I think I picked it as one of my summer films, so I'm pretty sure it's supposed to come out at the end of the year. I think from what I remember is there's a bit of controversy over it because they wanted to release it in cinemas and on Netflix on the same day, and it got right. held up in America. There was a lot of... Uh, Raw about about that. Well, our uh, cinemas won't. Cineworld won't release anything like that if it's on Netflix. They refuse well, to release anything with a four-month window. Ah, uh, right. It's not okay. Given the screen space up, is it? No. Well, precisely. didn't they didn't they release um, a field in England that way, or did they not no, screen it? Cineworld didn't show it. Ah, no. Okay, bastards. Uh, <laughs> Another reason to hate on Cineworld and just hope someone else adopts there. There are their... so many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> the trouble is with Cineworld, of course, is the unlimited card just outweighs most of the negatives. Yes. I just yeah. wish they would show more films there. But anyway, um, yeah, no, Crouchy Tiger is fantastic. Okay. okay. Well, 
onto onto my film or films, and I finally brought to a close my watching of the Harry Potter series of films, and this is just disappointing, isn't it? I've not read the books. I think I read the first two when I was on holiday when I was a child. The right age to read Harry Potter books, for you know. You must have had a mammoth session of Harry Potter films this weekend, then. No, I think I, had, I think I was just on the last two. Because um, the, the last time we spoke about it, you'd only just done the third one, I think. That was about a month ago. Yeah, we didn't do any kind of reviews on anything other than Age of Ultron. Oh yes, last yeah. Week, so, <laughs> yeah. So it's been a good fortnight since I've had the the joy of speaking about these. <laughs> the thing is, I mean, I've not read the books, but. From what I've heard about them, J.K. Rowling does create quite an in-depth universe in the books. Um, I just think there's, there, I think there's probably a good story in the films there to to mine out of the books somehow. They're just not done in these films. They're just kind of just a bit unexciting and a bit bland and a bit boring. I don't think any of the acting performances are particularly great from anyone. And I don't think they needed to make one film for every book and make the last book into two films. But I certainly think, because I did hear about a possible remake or reboot of the Harry Potter franchise already. <laughs> I do think that's, that, it's, you know, it's not something that, it's not something that I'd have optioned, but I do think there's a good story in there for that kind of film to get out somewhere. It just wasn't done in these films. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, without meaning to <laughs> sound kind of patronising, I think p- what probably happened was a lot of the audience for the Harry Potter films sort of grew up. And, uh, you know, the characters in the film, of course, grow up, and the book, they all grow up at the same speed. But I think a lot of the... I, I, I don't know, maybe the, a lot of the passion for it just dissipated over time. I mean, they still made loads of money, of course, and people were still going to see them. But... I don't know. I always get the impression from Daniel Radcliffe as well. He really didn't enjoy playing uh, whatever the guy's name is, Harry Potter. <laughs> Forgot his <laughs> fucking name then. <laughs> fucking title of the film. I kind of get the impression he really didn't enjoy it, and he's still trying to get away from being typecast from from the, the film. But the films just don't appeal to me at all. They really just don't. And I think maybe because I was too old for them when they came out, might might have been it really. Are they just kids' films, or are they more than that? They, 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 they're kind of what you'd probably call, or they probably want to be what you'd call family films. I mean, the first one, maybe two, are quite kiddie because the actor, the you know, child, the children are really young in that. But they're probably what you'd consider family films that like everyone can watch, and you could watch it as adults on your own, or you could watch it as just kids on your own, or watch it as fam, whatever. And it, it should appeal to everyone. And it probably does appeal to the, the, from the people who like it from lots of different ages. It's just... So I think it could have been done far better. Mm. I think they could have actually made them into good films. I don't think they have. So maybe just done a trilogy somehow and combined everything from the book into... Mm. You know. Well, a lot of those films like we watched as kids, like something, I don't know... Probably a bad example, but something like Never Ending Story, you know. They were kind of, was there two, two films of those? And that was it. And you know, they've sort of, they're films people still remember fondly, 
uh, you know, from when they were young. I don't know, the Harry Potter films, is it just overkill? Is it just me? Or do they just like turning these, what should just be standalone kids' films into massive epic series of movies? No, yeah, but the difference is, though, in the books, isn't it? I don't know. It's not like they've got two books, is it? I mean, it's, it's it's seven books at the end of the day, not six books at the end of the day, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's a big series of books, so probably a bad example. But I, you know, just sort of the point that I don't really remember there being these sort of films when I was younger. I'm not saying that things were better in the old days or anything stupid like that and ignorant, but. I don't know, it just seems, perhaps it's just that cinema's moved on and movies have, have moved on from, from then, but I don't know, I kind of miss this nostalgia for, I don't know, The Goonies, or, you know, I wasn't a massive fan of The Goonies either, but to put that that kind of thing where there were just one film, or maybe like Indiana Jones or Star Wars, where you had a series, you had sort of three films and that was it, you know, you had a trilogy and the, the word trilogy was kind of special and magical and it meant that it was, you know, the whole thing, but yeah, seven yeah, films, but, is it, from Harry Potter, and they try and do it with everything. Con- Twilight, you're Scott, they you're not, comp- you're not complaining about seven Fast and Furious films, are you? Well, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could complain about seven Fast and Furious films if you wanted, Steve. I could complain about seven Star Wars films if you want. Yeah, you would, but you'd be wrong. <laughs> yeah. About, uh, well, about four of them. Three, three about four, four of them. Yeah, yeah, four but, but there's, there's eight know. Star Wars films, aren't there? They confirmed no. that Rogue One, haven't they? Oh right, yeah. And there's a Bob, there's a Boba Fett story as well, isn't there? Yeah. What yeah, Disney said they said one a year, haven't they? Star Wars yeah. films. Yeah. From, from now Films. until the end of time. <laughs> <laughs> until Harrison Ford dies. Yeah. That's until it. Owen likes one of them. Uh, yeah, I was going to ignore this. I was going to leave it, but I will quickly mention I watched all three of them over the past few weeks. The original three. Um, I still they? don't get it. I still don't get it. I'm I just that's it, fan. The last two. I mean, A New Hope is just really bad. But the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. They start off quite well. I was watching Empire Strikes Back and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I am wrong. Maybe it is quite good. I'm not. I'm not hating this. This is kind of enjoyable. And then. It just drops off massively and goes really, really boring. And it's left to, to get to the point with the, the Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker scene. And you just think, oh, for fuck. Yeah. Uh, I could have done without watching the rest of the film, to be honest. But that's just me, I think. Lots of people seem to like Star Wars, so I must be wrong. Anyway, you watch the other no, three. No, you watch the first three. The... Uh, I watched Phantom Menace years ago when it came out, I think. Um, I have watched the other two. I can't remember what the second one's even called, but Attack of the Clones, is that it? Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. I remember being bored to death of that one. And I remember, I think I watched the third one. Oh, what's, it, what's that one? Revenge of the Sith? No. Is yeah. that Revenge of the Sith? Yeah. I yeah. watched that one on my... Girlfriend's Home Cinema System. I remember watching that when we rented it from Blockbuster. And it was also boring, apart from the end. I thought the last 30 minutes of that were quite good. That's I, all I, I can remember. Apparently, this might not be true. I've heard some rumours that, that Disney and the people now in charge of Star Wars are waiting for George Lucas to die to rewrite the, the prequels. To rewrite them? Yeah. 
Because who directed the prequels? Was That wasn't oh, George Lucas's director, he was, was it? He was shitting all over him. Yeah. I suppose it doesn't really make a difference, does it? He's the no. one who's pulling the strings. Yeah. George Lucas so directed the like second. Save the future past and erase it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Reset the timeline. It's the Wolverine origins of the Star Wars world. Oh. Yes, something like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, Andrew, now tell us what you've seen. Uh, right, so I, I watched for the, for the first time, mainly so I had an excuse to sit and watch the second one, I watched Monsters 1, or just, just Monsters. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, alien invasion-ish movie. Which, I've got to admit, I really, I went in with quite high hopes, because a lot of people recommended it to me when it came out. Uh, I'm no longer friends with these people. <laughs> I, I like the first one. I, I watched <laughs> With at Fright Fest, you say it's a totally different experience, as I'll explain when I watch Tell You About Unfriended. But no, I thought the first one was okay. I think that, I mean, maybe having a, like say, a Fright Fest or something where the atmosphere is there already, I think would be quite cool. But I, from the film, I mean, I sat and watched it at home on the TV, and the only atmosphere was me yawning, praying <laughs> for a, praying for a swift death, either of myself or the guys on the screen. <laughs> I, I, either way, I would have been okay. The the problem with Monsters One is I, I think it tries very hard to do the whole Cloverfield thing, where it doesn't show you the monster and just tries to build up tension. The problem was all the tension building scenes just bored the pants off of me. I didn't think mm. they were very well made, and I, I didn't think the actors in it were any good at all. Well, uh, it's weird. I like Scoot McNary. I think he's a really good actor. He's been fantastic <clears> in some things. But yeah, I don't actually know him from much. I don't think. I, don't, I mean, uh, I did what? have a quick look Killing when we were talking softly, about it the other day. Yeah, Killing Me Softly. He was in the the Jude Law film in the Submarine quite recently. Black Sea. Yeah, Black Black Sea. Yeah, I've not seen that. Yeah, yet. Black Sea. Yeah. He, no, but he's been just, good in a lot of stuff, really. The thing is, I mean, I, and I think I said this uh, when I was talking about Monsters too, because we were talking about this before, weren't we? Because uh, Gareth, Gareth Edwards, wasn't it? He he done all the effects using like Adobe After Effects mm-hmm. and Photoshop, yeah, and exactly, on his computer, yeah, yeah. Which you know, don't get me wrong, I, I've I've done stuff like that, and it's very very hard. So I won't take anything away from the guy for his his skill and working on the uh, on his monsters. Mm-hmm. But his filmmaking ability ain't all that. Well, I don't know how true it is exactly, but from what I know was he shot most of the film and then decided to work out a plot afterwards. I think he'd done the same thing with Godzilla. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got got the impression, though, from Monsters, that's probably... It is probably true. Like I said, it's just something I, I remember reading on an internet forum... Yeah, it does kind of feel like that. It, it it feels kind of half-assed when it's being made. And, I mean, I love, like, little indie films, like, d- directorial debuts. Some of them are my favourite films of all time. Films like, you know, Boys in the Hood and El Mariachi. Cheap shit films that no one ever should have been able to make. I love them. But Monsters just bought the pants off of me. Yeah. I just... I, <laughs> I didn't like it one little bit. And... The, and the, the other bit was, right at the end, when they're in the... I, hopefully I'm not spoiling it too much. What is it, two years old? Three years old? Yeah, Five I'm, years old, I think. Five years yes. old, I'm talking about the end. It's all right. <laughs> so, 
at the end when they're in the petrol station and the thing kind of is creeping around looking for oh, them. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I could think of looking at that was when the aliens are looking around the broken house in the original War of the Worlds movie. <laughs> that that was more tense than the scene in Monsters. Well, that whole no. Morbis, yeah. <laughs> I just I didn't like it at all. It's it's a real shame because I wanted to enjoy it, but no, I was bored for the entirety of it. I, I remember liking it when it came out, but then everyone else tells me how rubbish it is, so maybe, I don't know, maybe I watched the wrong film. <laughs> Did you watch the film with Charlize Theron in it? She's uh, a psycho. No. No. That's, that's no, I, watched, yeah, I, watched this, I watched an animated one with a, a big blue thing and a little green round thing. That was Monsters, right? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I, I rented it. I got it through, through Love Film when it came out on DVD. And I had a mate around who doesn't really watch films. He's kind of, he grew up, he's one of these people who, poor bastard, grew up without a TV. Didn't have a TV till is, he was nine. Is, is he Michael Owen who's watched eight films in his life? <laughs> he could, could be, but he isn't. He could be, no, but he, he isn't. Could be, he could be, but he's definitely not. He's definitely, definitely not. I've not had Michael Owen around my house to watch Monsters. So, so, so more accurately, he couldn't be. He couldn't be. No, he isn't. Let's just put, he's not, it's not Michael Owen. He's a guy called Mike. There you go. Not this Mike. A Michael Mike. Owen. Oh, well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, like Mike and Owen, you could have, when we watched it together, see? Oh, very good. Yeah. Uh, but I got, I, I rented this and I was like, oh, this is gonna be good. I've heard about this. This is, this is like a monster movie. It's a sci-fi. It's gonna be great. We'll watch a few, uh, films. We'll have this on and then we'll, you know, drink a few beers, have a curry. And it was just like this Miranda, you know, marauding plot about two insufferable cunts. And it was just, what? Well, it, it was the most far from a monster movie that it could possibly be with the title of Monsters. And I just, ugh. I was so disappointed with it. I think that affected my overall opinion of it, really. It, you know, which might be my fault. It was a different kind of film to the one I wanted and one, it, one I expected. But, yeah, maybe I need to watch it again. Maybe Steve's right. I don't know. Well, No, no don't um, do it, Steve. While you're uh, moaning about every single film under the sun, why don't you moan about another one and tell us what you've seen this week? <laughs> yeah, this, this I do feel bad about having a bit of a moan about because... <laughs> No, you don't. I do. I genuinely, <laughs> genuinely do. We were contacted. Uh, this is like full disclosure, if you like, that we um, sometimes, very occasionally, we get screeners sent to us. Films that are, you know, not out yet and we, we review them. Not the thing Callum's gone to. That Pitch Perfect 2 pre-release screening he went to was, was different. We don't get films like that fail critics. What we get is something called Infernal which is a low-budget, I don't know what the actual budget is, just it it looks quite low-budget. It's a low-budget, it's described as an Omen-esque thriller from the producers of Snakes on a Plane and Cowboys and Aliens. Well, I mean, that's, that gives you that's a hard time. <laughs> yeah, by a director and writer. He, wrote, he both wrote and directed the film, uh, Brian Coyne. The film's called Infernal. And it's it's still not out yet. It's it had a short theatrical release in America. It was out for a week in the theaters in uh, Los Angeles, and uh, it's 
kind of just come out on video on demand. It's going to be released on DVD later this month. Um, and the guys there, they, you know, they contacted us. They were really keen to have like an interview. We went, we could interview the director, Brian. Um, it, you know, we could have even had him on the podcast. And I was like, oh yeah, this sounds really good. It's, they're really enthusiastic about this. And then I kind of watched the film and felt really bad because I just didn't enjoy it. I just couldn't. It starts off really quite badly. And I don't, again, this is me, like, this is my subjective opinion. That when I say it's badly, I mean, I didn't enjoy 90% of the film. There's some things in it that are good. There are some things it does uh, which are quite inventive. And, you know, for for how far the found footage genre has been pushed. You know, you've had some things that do it really well. Obviously, Paranormal Activity came along with... You know, whatever the gap was between it and, and Blair Witch Project, where there was nothing, there was a void of these t- types of film. Paranormal Activity came along, changed everything, and now we, we get them all the time. And I don't, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not going to knock that. I think as a, as a way of making films, it's quite a cheap, relatively cheap way of making films. So it gives people more, um, access to making their, their movies, telling their stories. It's another medium of doing that, as well as sort of a quite an artistic one if you can do something new with it, like, uh, let's say, Grave Encounters did, Afflicted did, yeah, very good, and the, uh, you know, even big budget films do it. We've mentioned Cloverfield, you had Chronicle, that, oh, you know, did something different with it. Even David Ayer tried to do something with it during End of Watch. So... You know, it's there, it's it's out there now, it's popular, it's everywhere, but it is very difficult to do something different in that genre now. And the way that Infernal starts off is about a haunted house. And so immediately I'm kind of thinking, there's like, these are, using an American phrase, you know, they're a dime a dozen. There's, they're everywhere. Haunted house films, and to make it a haunted house found footage film okay we'll carry on i'll give it a go it's it's only, you know it can only get better from a oh, very Owen. slight start yeah you know you know the english version of that phrase ten a penny ten a penny thank you steve ten a penny we can appeal to anglicize it correctly <laughs> yeah so the ten a penny uh or dime a dozen wherever you're from um but five a five a frank Five for Frank. <laughs> yeah, money for Cougaran. <laughs> Eleven a euro. Um, but they, you know, so I, I was willing it to to do something different, and it does a little bit. It does a little bit. It tries to subvert the, the genre in small ways. So it is about a girl who's n- not possessed, but she's uh, a bit odd. The little girl's a bit strange. She's got a bit of OCD. She likes to comb her hair a lot. She's, she must be about five or six. Her parents are a bit worried. They take her to see, like, um, the psychiatrist who recommends that they film her behaviour. Don't watch any of the film. Just film her behaviour and then review the footage with the, the psychiatrist or psychologist or whatever, whatever she was. And um, so immediately it was frustrating. Because they were filming everything, right? Which is fine. You know, that's just a plot device for a fame footage film. You've got to have a reason to film stuff. It's as good as any other reason to film something. Um, they've got cameras set up all around the house. 
that are capturing weird stuff. And then you have the parents who keep... I mean, I'm not making this up either. I wrote this down on my bit of paper. I was making notes whilst watching this. I was taking it very seriously. I was taking notes. I wrote down they keep flip-flopping in their opinions. And no word of a lie, they call each other out for flip-flopping. They use the phrase flip-flopping in the movie itself. Because one minute one is saying, oh, we should watch this. It's something supernatural is going on. We should watch the footage. And the other one's going, no, don't watch it. It's a sort of invasion of the girl's privacy. And, you know, it's all part of this thing. We've been told not to watch it. And in the very next scene, they're like opposite ends of the argument. So the, the husband will then sit down and watch the footage. And he'll say, oh, you've got to see this. You've got to see this. And then, then the wife has suddenly flipped around and saying, no, we can't watch it. We're not supposed to watch it. You just think, for fuck's sake, make up your fucking mind. Go with one or the other. Stop it. It's irritating. The parents are really annoying. The actors are, um, I'm, I'm, I can feel myself going into a rant. I'll calm down. I'll try and calm down. But it was just really, it was, it wasn't very well written. The characters were not well written and they were irritating beyond belief. Um, but, it, like I say, it tries to do something good with the genre. So, you know, normally with these kind of films, you don't actually see anything. You don't see a monster. You don't see a ghost. It's just like there's a sheet and then the sheet falls to the floor. Or, uh, you know, paranormal activity, saucepans get knocked. Or you see a, fo- a footprint in some flower or something like this. This does something different in that it goes the full hog. I mean, it goes all the way in showing you a demon. And that's different. So, fantastic. Well done them for doing that. But it's not enough to save the film. I really... I really wanted it to be better than it was. And for, like, the five minutes of the film, which were quite interested and had me thinking, they're turning a corner now. It's getting better. It it just wasn't enough to, to save the film. So I'm really, really sorry to Brian. Um... And he probably won't listen to this. He probably won't listen to this. He's a sort of LA director, Hollywood director. But anyway, you know, I'm, I really wanted to like it and I just didn't. And I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. He, Brian well, directs uh, Jessica Cameron in his next film. Oh, does he? <laughs> You're good mate, Jessica. <laughs> Jess. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be in for some more balls out torture porn. We will. <laughs> Can't it's wait for that. Hey, I'll bring you all the best interviews. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that's all for what you've been watching. Up next, we have got some new release reviews, including Unfriended and Monsters Dark Continent. First of our new release reviews is going to be Monsters 2 Dark Continent. Andrew, you saw the first one, reviewed it in Wife and Watching. You've seen the second one. Tell us all about that. So the second one, Monsters Dark Continent, takes uh, a big turn from the first one. And basically, I think it's set 10 years after Monsters 1, where we've become just used to the monsters living with us. You know, it's no different to living with any other animal that lives on the planet. And they're just kind of there now. So, with that in mind, we now are at the Iraq War. I genuinely don't know how we got to that. <laughs> I thought they were... Uh, I, th- I got the impression that the Americans were still bombing them, but because they were bombing them on foreign territory, the, the 
foreign people were turning against the Americans as well as the monsters. The the thing I I mean maybe I got the wrong end of the stick. I kind of because the the really awful narration over the beginning of the film. It's terrible, isn't it? It's really really <laughs> bad. It's yawn inducing. It was just awful, awfully written, awfully played out. It was really bad. But what did they say? They said they're only bombing them now to keep numbers down, not yes. because they're invading. And uh, and this is the thing: it's, it's in the wording, and I, I don't, I didn't want to take too much from the wording because I, I could have given a crayon to my kid, and she would have written something better. <laughs> but they said that the it gave the insurgents more reason to attack them. Which to me suggested they were still in the middle of a war that has apparently gone on for about 30 years now. By the time we get to this film. But I mean, maybe I got the wrong end of the stick. I don't know. It wasn't very clear, was it? It wasn't. It was. But the problem I think Monsters 2 had, I mean, it tries very hard to be a war film with these monsters, but it just seemed to me like it was someone trying to make another Iraq war film. And the, because yes. the monsters were completely, they, they didn't need to be there. They were completely surplus to requirements, had no telling in the story whatsoever. There's so no got, menace. No, there's not. There's, there's no threat. There's no, there's not even a hint that they're coming after us at any point in this film. And I, I think the film's trying very hard to do where, if, if we met like the comparison, if we call Monsters 1 Alien, Monsters 2 is trying very hard to be aliens. And That's failing it. very, very hard. But I just, I don't, it's like a, it's, it's two hours of army film cliches. Like the four mates who grew up together, all joining the army and buggering off to Iraq. And, not really doing an awful lot. It re- yeah. It's like a it's like a cheap version of Jarhead. And they weren't even a, a good group of people, were they? You weren't. I didn't care about a single one no, of them. No, neither did I. Not one. <laughs> it doesn't say much different from the first one. To be honest, <clears throat> it, there's more of them. There's more insufferable cunts. <laughs> 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 That's all it is. There's. It's basically, it's just the setting has moved. It's instead of desert in Mexico, it's desert in Iraq or Afghanistan or I don't yeah, think the job. I don't sure where it was, was it? No, it, it never seemed to be able to tell. I, I tell you what, though, and I'll, I'll give it praise for one thing because there are a lot of cheaper war films, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm being a real arsehole towards the filmmakers, but it, there's a lot of cheaper war films, especially Iraq war films, that are very anti-Muslim and very kind of broad stroking with their brush at all Muslims are bad and this one didn't bring that up at all mainly because it didn't bring anything up no (laughs) (laughs) but it was very it was bland it was it was two hours of just people being there and not doing an awful lot there was because but again all the tropes are there you know IED takes out Humvee, one guy gets hurt. You know, nothing really happens from that. They start walking through the desert. The monsters are still there. They're just not doing anything. And they just seem to run around them, didn't they? They never yes. seem to 
attack or you just no. Like, oh. But they didn't do anything. Literally, they could have been absolutely any other animal. They they, they could have been you know herds of wildebeest running around, and it probably would have been more interesting. You know, and the CGI would have been better. Well, that's interesting, the CGI, because um, I, I haven't seen the film. Admittedly, I've not seen it, but I have seen a, a trailer and I have seen like images online. I've seen I've seen pictures from it. Every time I see it, I think it looks amazing. Some what of is, the stills just look gorgeous. They look what it's got, and I think this is kind of this is where it's got a, a winning trick. Is that everything you see of the monsters? It is they're covered in sand, or there's a sandstorm around right, them, okay. so they're obscured a little bit. Uh, I mean, I didn't see it on a big screen because it's been out in the states for a long time. So I mm-hmm. bought it, I rented it from Amazon Prime in the states, uh, nice. <laughs> and I'm very glad of it because I, d- I would not want to have sat in a cinema for two hours watching that. I did. <laughs> <laughs> you, you poor, poor man. <laughs> Oh, it's a bad Friday. Um, the other thing as well, the, the design of the monster changed considerably from the first ones. It did, they started uh, because they had more than one type, didn't they, in, in Monsters 2. In the first one, it was you basically only saw one monster. Which was the, more like a squid, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, a, it was a giant walking, glowing vagina with tentacles. It was not That's pretty. how they all look, isn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> the monsters or the vaginas? Both. Yeah, they've all got tentacles. <laughs> but yeah, the, and then but then you've got like in, <laughs> they all glow in the dark. Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> but in, I don't know why. You, yeah, anyway, so <laughs> in, in monsters too, you you had like different types, and you? you had the the little horse-looking ones, and they did look like horses. Are we yeah. talking about monsters now, or yeah. are we talking? Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 monsters. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they didn't. I don't know what they looked like. Well, they were weird, weren't they? They kind of, they looked like someone had draped a bunch of sheets over a, a bunch of horses and let them run around in the sand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think actually that's where I picked up on the bad kind of CG because the running mechanic for their legs looked bizarre. It didn't quite, and it really, it's a weird thing to stick out and it's a weird thing they to have six focus legs. on. I, I don't know. Did they? I don't know. There's, like you said, there was something bizarre with the running. I, I just thought they had. I thought they had six legs. I, I kind of. I. I want to know. I'm not going to sit through it again to find out. I'm not. I'm just not. It, it can be one of life's great unanswered questions. <laughs> did, did it have any like? Because one of the things I've, I wondered about it because the first one doesn't really have any humour in it. Does this one improve in that sort of area? No. Because the director, no. oh, okay, no. Tom Green was respond- he was one of the people who worked on the Channel Four series Misfits when it was good during the first two seasons series. So I was kind of expecting he'd bring some of that to it, but I guess not then. There's one. No, no, you got the sight, the black sergeant or black something, black guy, uh, who tries to bring the Ali Ermi from Full Metal Jacket. Okay. But it just it falls flat, completely flat. And you can tell that someone's really proud of themselves when they've written those couple of lines. <laughs> no, dude, that's fucking awful. Please, there's no way I can unhear that. It's really shit. Mm. <laughs> That's a shame. 
No, it's 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 very poor. I don't I I still don't understand why it was made. I don't understand how it ended up a monsters film. Outside of the fact that someone went, we can't just sell this as a an Afghan war film. We need something different, and we've just made a bunch of free money off of Monsters One. Hmm. That's that's my only explanation for it. I don't see. There's no logic as to how, why this film was made at all. They did quite. I mean, there's no like stunt casting or anything that were in it, is there? So no. there's no. They haven't got some random Sigourney Weaver character in there for no reason. So. And the budget was quite low. I'm sure the I'm I'm trying to find what the budget actually is, but I can't I can't see it online anyway. But you know, it was still made for a relatively low budget, wasn't it? It was. But the thing is it looks it as well. And give it you know, give it its due, Monsters One, you go into it knowing it's a little indie film. Hmm. And you know it's gonna be cheap. This one I expected better. Hmm. I, I expected a lot better. No, I can't see the no, it's, it's escaping me as well. But I'm sure I read it was really low. But um, I mean, it's clearly not expensive to make because I saw it. It was very cheap. Mm. And I don't know that the someone's filming technique needs working on because they can't quite make up their mind what they're doing with it. They uh, they blue tint some of it for no reason other than other films have done it and looked okay. And the music, I couldn't believe it. The, there's this really, really, I think I, I said it in the review as well. There's this really tense scene, like the first time the guys go out on a mission and they're sneaking into a little farm or building or something that they think is, is filled with insurgents or weapons. Yeah, I genuinely don't remember why it, yeah. they were going in. Yeah, it's a bomb. But the second they start sneaking, the soundtrack kicks in with this stupid, bassy backtrack. It may be the worst bit of music direction I've ever seen. I mean, there wasn't much tension in it to begin with, but you get zero tension having a little stealth ninja-y type section where everyone's <laughs> got to be sneaky, and there's Jay-Z playing in the background. It was wow. It was awful. It did sound pretty bad. It really stuck out. It, was really, it really jarred you out of it. I mean, even the worst night vision sneaky army bit can be tense if it just stays quiet and this just went all out backwards in its ideas it was terrible the next new release we're reviewing is unfriended which has been seen by the majority i think everyone but andrew has seen this it is a, another kind of found footage horror um film about a group of friends and a mysterious presence attacking them online um it's like us today but with you as these mysterious presence attacking us online yes exactly yeah, exactly the same yeah uh, first time chat roulette has probably been used in a horror film no. well you say that the dead. exactly yes well done mike it's the, the exactly what i was going to say the den is much better than this like a huge amount better. Zach Donahue's film is... So that came out last year, and you saw it at Fright Fest, didn't you, Mike? I didn't, but I've seen it since. Oh, you didn't? Okay. I, I saw it when it was at Fright Fest, but not at Fright Fest, because it was on US Netflix at the same time. Um, I really, really liked The Den. I think it was one... You know, talking about Infernal, 
which subverts the fame footage genre in some ways. The Dame tr- kind of did the same, but for um, home invasion films. Because it was a home invasion film, but all online. Yes. Everything that happened to her happened online. And Unfriended goes down a very similar route. So the whole film, what you're looking at is someone's laptop screen. Uh, one of these, these five, are they college friends? I don't really, I've never really got yeah, the... Yeah, college friends, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. It, the college friends? Okay. Because um, they didn't really talk about school or anything. Just stuff that happened last year. Because or... one of their, okay, the basic premise is one of their friends committed suicide because some uh, embarrassing video was posted online, shared around her network of friends and, and peers, and she was so embarrassed, so outraged that she shot herself. And the suicide video was then taken. And now these friends, some time later, are chatting together online on Skype. And suddenly there's someone in the conversation who they can't get rid of. If you've ever used Skype, the just little blue logo with a little white man symbol is inside of it. And they can't get rid of this guy, this Billy. And through the course of the 90 minutes of the film, or 80 minutes, they try to work out who Billy is, whether it's someone who's hacked into their deceased friend's account and isn't just a troll, or whether it's something more sinister than that. And that's the problem I had with the film, was it really just went down the wrong avenue with that that thread. It just so shouldn't have... I'm not going to spoil it... But it shouldn't have... Just the whole notion of a haunting or a possession or that whole thing was just completely wrong tonally for the film. Was that just me? Did you guys sort of feel the same way? Yes, I did. Yeah. I mean, I'm making presumptions. Did you like it, either of you? Because I didn't really. I didn't think it was very good, no. It's it's not the worst film of of its ilk I've ever seen. It, but it's, it's not very good. Yeah, the, the idea is, is, is okay, but like Owen says, it's the decision to do what they did. Mm. Takes it away. That final scene just is the worst. It's laughable. I mean, it it's really, they... I'm... Go on. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking a lot about it. You go on, Mike. You say what you're Well, the say. problem we had was, as you say, it was laughable and, it lost the audience in the screening I was in. On Friday night screening, pretty much packed. Couple of people have had a few beers. Some of the script was a bit iffy here and there. And when they started playing the five finger game, that just lost the audience. And once the audience had gone in the screening, it, that was it. It just, yeah. and to tell you the truth, the script wasn't great and it was, it, it was bloody obvious after 40 minutes, exactly who it was and where it was going and what was going to happen to them all. It even showed you all the murder weapons as it went oh, along. Yeah. And I, but I'll the, tell you the what, first it, thing about this kind of film is just to sort of jump in on that point about the murder weapons, it shows them and you don't see a couple of the death scenes, which no. is pointless. Because in a film like this, you know, to liken it to something... Uh, like Final Destination, for example, if you, you tease it, you want to see it exactly. Yes, definitely. And you don't see a couple of them. You see, a co- you do see one or two death scenes, but 
it just seems like, what is the point? Why would you have a horror film and then... Because it's not tense at all. None of, no, there's, there's no nothing tension in it. It's tense. Nothing. No. It was. It was, it was quite a disappointment. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 to go back to the den, though, the den does a similar thing with the, everything you see is happening through the screen. Um, it, I kind of liked that aspect in some way with um, Unfriended, or Cyberbuddy, as it was originally called. I think its original name was Cybernatural, Cyber isn't it? Cybernatural, Natural. yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, which kind of is a shit name, both of them are shit names. But it gives you an idea of where the films go with, with Cybernatural. Because at yeah. one point they're looking up online about possessions online. And wouldn't you know, lo and behold, it's the first return on Google. And that explains everything they need to do, which they then ignore anyway. But it's just, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing was one of those... Um, it's been praised for not having stupid made-up names in it. So if it goes to chat roulette, it has chat roulette. If it goes to use Spotify... They use Spotify. If they go to use Google, it has Google. There's no, like, made-up silly names. Um, which, to me, is one of those things that gets my back up a little bit, because I think that's just advertising. I think that is... This is product placement. Product placement, precisely. That's... Oh, it was like, all on an Apple machine, wasn't it? It was all on oh. a Mac, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just... <laughs> I mean, fair enough, fair enough. The whole thing is through Skype as well, basically. And Skype yeah. is just... Yeah, it's just a big advert for all these different things. They must have paid to be featured, you know. Facebook, Skype, um, like the raw uh... Yeah, they don't use Twitter. Twitter's avoided. I guess they probably didn't pay them to appear in the film or pay enough or whatever. But it's just, um, yeah, that that got my back up a little bit. I don't agree that it's it's nice to see them use real things. I don't think that's ever detracted from the film for me. If someone's going to use. Uh, Micro Sun Ping or something, you know, just look up something online. I don't really think that that's ever bothered me, but it did bother. I, I I noticed it in this, and that's that's kind of the point, really. It just wasn't very good. It was just okay. another by the books, um, predictable, not that good or exciting or scary found footage horror film. Hmm. Yeah, no, that sums it up pretty I mean, that's well. About, that's about all you can say about it, really. Yeah, I agree. Um, Sounds like it should have been a Black Mirror episode. It, it was not anywhere near clever enough <laughs> to be a Black Mirror episode. Fair the enough. Black Mirror does... I mean, you're right in the sense that um, it, it, it does kind of sound like a premise for a Black Mirror episode. This is not satire at all. This is just a bog-standard teen slasher, but it's online. Wasn't... Didn't... Uh, is it Tim, Timur Bekmambatov producer? Dude, uh, he needs to make proper films again. Because because he done that, I th I'm pretty sure he done that. Because he done the, he produced the Darkest Hour as well. Which yes, is he, is, he is. Oh yeah, it. yeah, that's right. And that was a guff film and all. Oh, that was bad. I wanted to, but I only went to watch that because he was in it. And then I saw our friend and went, "Oh, Big Mamertov," and I went, "No, he done the Darkest <laughs> Hour." I'll wait for him to make another film like Wanted or Night Watch. He's doing Ben Hur. Oh God! <laughs> oh, God. Well, actually, no. I'll, I'll be okay with Ben Hur if he can get that little Russian dude that he keeps putting in his films into that. Oh, that would be amazing. Anyway, before we go, uh, <laughs> some recommendations for the week ahead. 
uh, it's election night in the UK on Thursday. Uh, <laughs> to take your mind off of that awful, awful guff, um, I'm going to recommend five star nine o'clock Robin Hood Prince of Thieves starring Kevin Costner. Yeah, all about robbing from the rich and giving to the poor as the Tories get re-elected, of course. That's yeah, what's going to happen. There we go. We're not just film chat. We do politics as well. One tiny little bit <laughs> of politics. Yeah. Anyway, um, Andrew. Uh, okay, so I'll give you Five Past Eleven on Friday on Film 4. It's one of my favourite films of all time. Dog Soldiers is on. Brilliant. Excellent yeah. choice. And Owen? Um, I'm picking a documentary I've seen recently that I was really looking forward to, and it wasn't shown in the cinemas near me. Or it was, it was shown in one which is about 15 miles away on one afternoon, and I couldn't make it on that particular afternoon, so I was really gutted about it. But, uh, Cobain, Montage of Heck, which is the new documentary, um, all about Kurt Cobain, it explores his life. It's the first that's been made with the cooperation of Kurt Cobain's family. So Francis Bean Cobain, his daughter, is a, an executive producer on the film. Uh, Courtney Love appears in the film and talks about him. You see, for the first time, like interviews with his mum and his dad uh, about his life. And it tracks him from birth to death, really, 27 years of his life, and uses all these home videos that he made all these you know recordings audio recordings his own journal entries all the art he made stuff that's been locked away in the storeroom for you know a decade or two that no one's had access to and brett morgan the director's just given this access to all this stuff and he follows the life through kurt cobain's own art and it's fantastic it's available to rent now 359 on google play it's probably on Blinkbox as well and probably Amazon Prime and loads of places. So if you, I mean, I'm a massive Nirvana fan, but if you're in any way at all interested in Kurt Cobain or Nirvana, it's absolutely worth a watch. It's it's just brilliant. And Mike, how about you? Um, I'm going to recommend a DVD that came out on Monday. I saw it in Glasgow Fright Fest this year. It's called The Asylum over here. It's got... It's called Exeter over in the States and Backmask. It was a, it's a group of teenagers who unleashed an evil spirit in an old house. It's very 80s, a lot of fun, some good special effects, some really bad special effects as well. <laughs> but overall, it's, it's an enjoyable 90 minutes of a horror film. Um, well worth having a look at. Excellent. So that's all for this week's podcast. Next week, me and Owen will be back and reviewing um, it's Mad Max Fury Road, isn't it, next week? It's not, actually. Is that <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Sorry to get your, your hopes up. No, Mad Max is out on the 14th, so that'll be the week after. It is out next week, but our podcast next week... Um, is about... If you give me two seconds, I'll find out, because I've forgotten... Ooh, it's uh, Spooks, The Greater Good is out. Oh, oh right. dear. <laughs> <laughs> so we're oh, I really want that tri- to be good. We're going to have a triple bill for that one, I think. We'll think of something. Excellent. Okay, so thanks for everyone who's joined us uh, for this podcast. Thanks for everyone who's contributed. You can visit the website www.failcritics.com Also, one like final 
plug for ideas because I'm putting stuff together for our YouTube channel at the moment. I just, I just want to, like, a few clips of greatest hits, which, you know, in the broadest possible sense for fail critics. So if you've ever listened to a podcast and you remember a certain thing that you enjoyed, can you tell us about it on Facebook, uh, on Twitter, or email us, failcritics at gmail.com, and we'll try and pull it together and sort of cobble it into a video compilation for, for YouTube. Yes, so just do that for us. Do that, please. thank you. Do our homework for us. Exactly. Well, it kind of feels a bit cheeky if I just say, oh, this is our greatest hit. I'm going to put that on the website. Um, I think people should contribute if they want to. If they want to tell us, oh. that's fine. Okay. Yes, yeah, so join us next week for more film discussion. Uh, and like I say, thanks for everyone who's joined us and contributed this week. The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, created by James Diamond, with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, remixed by James Yule of JamesYule.com. You can find us at FailedCritics.com, on Twitter at FailedCritics, and Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash FailedCritics. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.